Welcome to this week's Green Bay 100 vote. I'm Jay Sorgi, and this week we are looking at the greatest defensive ends in Packers history. Is it Reggie White? Is it Willie Davis? Is it one of 17 other guys we could be looking at for the all-time Green Bay 53-man roster vote? You can be part of this week by going to WTMJ.com slash Green Bay 100. We'll have the defensive end vote this week. We'll hear later from Gene Miller of Wisconsin's Morning News with his take and some funny stories involving some of the great Packers defensive ends of the past. First, we get the take of the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larry. A couple of absolutely obvious picks for you stars at defensive end, Willie Davis, Reggie White. It'll be fun to, dis- to determine who is the all-time better one. Might be White, in my mind. Well, yeah, I mean, these two guys are just tremendous over the years. Uh, Reggie played in Green Bay 1993-98, to 68 and a half sacks. Now, uh, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't really start calculating sacks until like 1971, 72, somewhere around there. Maybe even been, been later. So Maybe even been a little bit later. So guys like Deacon Jones and Willie Davis, who knows how many sacks they really had. Oh, uh, so, you know, especially Deacon Jones, he says he had like 300. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but, that, you know, he could say that because we don't know. Uh, Willie Davis was uh, not just a pass rusher, Jay. He was a complete defensive end outstanding against the run um very very smart recognized uh formations and again you know you didn't have the intricacy of offense back then that you have today but nonetheless this was a guy who knew how to get to the football and knew how to get to the quarterback willie davis is a given reggie white did not play his whole career in green bay but played a very significant portion of his career as i mentioned in green bay and uh, you know uh, at the time if i'm not mistaken had become the all-time packers sack leader with 68 and a half by the time he left after the 98 season just a tremendous player yep you can't go wrong in my opinion you're exactly right the two locks on this list are willie davis on one side reggie white on the other side it takes reggie white to bump willie davis off the number one slot then as you go back to the three and the four then it gets interesting yep. you do have another hall of famer in two-way player cal hubbard who was part of the triple championship teams for curly lambo in 29 30 and 31 and he was one of the original Pro Football Hall of Famers, dominated both the defensive end and offensive tackle positions. And then if you look at the number four slot, that's where big debate debate. Sure. Begins. You know, you've got great players. Uh, Kabir Baja Biomela led the Packers when he retired in sacks at 74 and a half as a member of the Packers Hall of Fame. A guy who probably is underappreciated because, again, um, he came to Green Bay under humble circumstances. He was not a first-round draft choice or a ballyhooed player or anyone like that. He kind of uh, jumped on the scene. Another guy who played, I thought, really well, Sean Jones uh, for the Packers, uh, the revival of the Green Bay's uh, dynasty uh, back in the early 90s. And then you have Aaron Campman, who played most of his career uh, under Mike Sherman and you know played as a defensive end and then went to outside linebacker uh, very late in his uh, Packers career when Dom Capers came in and installed a three. Four, uh, but again, Campman was a year in year out excellent football player, outstanding player. Sean Jones and other guys we mentioned, um, you know that you could consider on this list, and you know you might even go to Lionel Aldridge, uh, who played on those three uh, NFL championship teams, three in a row for Lombardi in the late sixties. Thank you so much, Wayne. Now we go back to a conversation Gene Miller and I had about the great Packers defensive ends from a Facebook Live we taped this week about the Green Bay 100 all-time team vote. 
There are two names that automatically jump out as to who might be the best in the history of this franchise. One of them he might think is the best ever to play the game. Reggie White. Yeah, Reggie White. Well, not only did Reggie White play great football for both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers, he changed the paradigm in Green Bay. His acquisition made Green Bay attractive for free agents moving forward. Before that, Green Bay was considered the NFL Siberia. Players wouldn't come to Green Bay. And when Reggie came, it made it cool to be a Green Bay Packer. For that alone, in the terms of the team's history, I think he's got to have the inside track. These other guys, these other 18, all have great numbers, great statistics, contributed to football moving forward. But in terms of just what that meant, not just for the Packers in the moment, but for the team moving forward, Reggie's got to be a lock. I would think in terms of the number one. Now, you're probably going to get four selections out of this as we move forward with you, because it's going to be a 53-man all-time team. To me, it seems obvious that Reggie would be number one. But I think part of that may also be because we don't know as much about Willie Davis's contribution. We have film, especially from the Super Bowl era, of what he did. He was the captain of the Vince Lombardi defense. In some ways, he was also the guy who made the same kind of change that, that Reggie White did. Made it okay for players to come to Green Bay. He wasn't a superstar like White was in Philadelphia, but he was one of the first African Americans to play in Green Bay, period. And that said, hey, you know what? This this is a good place where you can thrive, where, where previously you couldn't. And Vince Lombardi stocked his roster with umpteen number of African Americans. And that was part of the reason why. I mean, the colorblindness, if you will, of Lombardi was one of the reasons why they won championships, and Davis was fantastic. Well, he paired with Lionel Aldrich. I mean, you had a pair of fantastic defensive ends at that time through the glory years, and you're right. What that meant as a signal to the NFL that it was okay to take on African-American players, that they had all the skill sets and all the, all the tools and everything else, and the integration of the NFL, and also the integration of what were previously all-white locker rooms and all-white protocols where white players would not room with black players, but there was the team rule. Lombardi broke all that because he brought in this town. He didn't care green, white, purple, black. As long as he could play the football game, that's all he cared about. So that's where those two also contributed beyond the field. The other thing is, if memory serves, they didn't start counting sacks until 1982. Officially. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have numbers on Willie Davis, Lionel Aldridge, or all these other players, including some of the great names. I, mean, I didn't even hear half of these guys. <laughs> Come but I had no <laughs> <laughs> Cub Buck gets in just for that name alone. <laughs> Cub Buck, Milk Gettenbein. Yep. <laughs> but then you look up their numbers and yeah. you see what they did. They were really exactly. great players in an era when the NFL just wasn't that sexy, popular, or nationally televised. And there was an- another Hall of Fame name that you see in this defensive end list. Cal Hubbard, yeah. um, one of the first Pro Football Hall of Famers, I believe, from the original class in 1963. Great two-way player, tackle and defensive end for some of the great early Curly Lambeau ch- uh, championship years. So he's a guy that I think, if it was just bet by committee, would automatically go in. By the way, give us your comments. Tell us what you think. Yeah, so many of these guys on this list from the, you know, before 1960, they're from the leather helmet era. Yep. So you know, they're, they played even before I was born, if you can believe that. <laughs> so you've got that going. We just don't know much about the body of their work. You really have to go into the uh, you know ProReference.com, ProFootballReference.com, or you know some some website that's going to serve up numbers. But even then, the statistics weren't the same. We didn't get to see a lot of these guys in the moment. Doesn't diminish their greatness for their contributions at the time. It just means you don't have NFL films putting their their feats to stirring 
scoring music and John Vicente describing what they did. Well, to me, it seems obvious for three picks, too, if you think about it. Three different picks, White, Davis, and because he's the Hall of Famer in, in the group as well, Cal Hubbard. If you have four, then that number four selection becomes very hard to make. And there are three individuals who I think, if you look at names that we've heard of from watching today, that could make that number four slot. You're talking about Kabir Baja Biamilla. You're talking about Ezra Johnson. You're talking about Aaron Cantman. Kabir was pretty much one guy, and that was it, in terms of he could get sacks. Not much else otherwise. Great locker room interview, nice guy, wonderful presence for the team, but really just a one-tool guy. And he was very smallish. Aaron Cantman, too, small, but put up some big numbers in his time. Ezra Johnson played for a lot of bad Green Bay Packers football yes. teams, but he put up some really good numbers. For fans of my age who remember him in the moment, you'll always remember the hot dog game that cost, what was it, the defensive coordinator yep. his job, Fred Van Appen. But Ezra Johnson was so much more than just that one incident. He almost got Bart Starr fired, too, because of that hot dog. But uh, <laughs> Ezra Johnson was a really, really good Packer on some very, very bad teams. Twenty and a half sacks, I believe, in 1978, they went and went and counted the unofficial sack total before, again, they had the official stats. And I I definitely think that is such a hard, hard pick to make. You would think of the three of them, either Johnson or Cantman was the more complete player. You explained KGB had one skill. He was fantastic at it, but that's all he could do. Cantman, especially from my own eyeballs watching him, was a complete defensive end. Could rush the passer, could stay home, plug up running lanes, as well as make tackles in the run. A pro bowler, Ezra Johnson, had that same type of, of, of skill set. I don't necessarily know, though, that I saw him as much, so you'd be the better judge. Who would you pick between those two? Campman probably, because he played so well being undersized, I guess, would be. And again, I remember so much of what he did while he played here. Uh, I would, I'd probably take Campman. And let, let me muddy up the waters with the name Baby Ray. Yes. yes. Baby Ray. <laughs> Famous, if nothing else, because he had to actually lose weight to play football. He was 280 pounds at that time back in the 30s in the leather helmet era. Yep. That was you, you were a freak, and not in a good way. He actually yep. had to lose weight to play the game. And this is not 280 pounds, stacked Total. muscle, it's like 2% body fat, like you see with the NFL. We're talking today. dirty, but it's a mime's baby. Here, folks. <laughs> we're talking my physique. A lot of jiggle of that. Yeah, Baby Ray... Cub Buck, there was one nickname we decided not to publish on this name, Bernard Darling, because of FCC rules. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Even on the web? Yeah, uh, we, we try and be family friendly. I like that. So, But put in your picks for the Green Bay 100 defensive end choice. This is week five. We already have four positions going. And the, again, I, I think Reggie seems to be the obvious pick, partially because of how memory serves and the fact you didn't see Willie Davis' stats. We don't know if Willie Davis had a 20 or 25 sack season. He may have, but you'd have to go back and watch entire game films of entire seasons to really be able to crunch those numbers. We think about the other great defensive ends of the time. The only guy who I think was better in the 60s than Willie Davis was Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones, 
unofficially had some 30 sack seasons. The guy was ridiculous. Yeah. So, and yet, well, he had some Minnesota Vikings, too, from the Purple People Leaders in yeah. the 70s and Carl 80s. Carl yeah, Allen Page. Yeah, they, they put up some pretty impressive numbers, too, and, and they won championships, as did you know, the Lombardi-era Packers, too, so they had that going for them. But, yeah, yeah you're right. And, again, the, the, the body of work, you know, to you and I, the Ice Bowl era, the glory years, that seems <laughs> like yesterday. I mean, that's two generations yeah. removed for a lot of fans. They, exactly. they know of Lombardi only from the, the grainy black and white films. I'm a sports history nerd, so I, I know it, but I wasn't born at the time. So even people my age and younger are yeah. going to be flocking to the comment that we have that, that Paul has given. In capital leg- letters, Reggie. I think we know who's going to win this one. But feel free to make other picks. You can vote as many times as you want. This is like what they say is a Chicago election. <laughs> Not really, but you get the idea. Vote early, vote often, and spread your picks out maybe for who you think all deserves to make those four roster slots that we'll be unveiling in December. Did I miss anyone on this list? No, except, uh, let's see, who else did I have? Nope, yeah, that's it. You covered them all pretty much. No Jerry Boyarski. Yeah, and you spoke fluent Cub Bucks, so yeah. <laughs> but then of Dave Roller, no, he was a tackle, wasn't he? Yeah. And Yurkovich, he was a nose tackle. Yes. For our uh, resident uh, bad Packers expert from the <laughs> 70s, Gene Miller, I'm Jay Sorge.